Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. All right, thank you, folks, for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. Tonight, it's pretty much going to be a legendary one here because we have two former guests on the podcast. We have Hunter Schmitta from uh, Buckmasters, and we have Ben Harrison from the Bow Hunting League, and we're going to sit here and just chit-chat. So this should be a fun conversation here. So uh, before you jumped on, Ben, Hunter was showing me his beautiful public land buck. So... I think Hunter, you should at least talk about your season, what you did this past year. Yeah, man. So I had a awful private property uh, season this year. Um, went into the season with zero deer to hunt. We had a couple older deer, but nothing over you know 140 class, um, which is a great deer. But for down here, you know, we're used to seeing a lot better quality deer. Um, so I kind of transitioned into pu- some public land hunting. Um, was fortunate enough on my second, well, fortunate and unfortunate enough, but on my second sit, missed 180 inch deer, uh, 184 inch deer actually. And then, um, which, uh, another soldier ended up being able to take. So, uh, congrats to him on my third sit on public land. I ended up shooting about two miles away. I ended up shooting another 180 or shooting and actually connecting with another 184 inch deer. So, um, yeah, the, my my season ended with uh, me only feeling one of my five tags, but it was hundred eighty four. That's pretty legendary. So yeah. I was pretty I was pretty ecstatic about that. <clears throat> my wife act on a good deer on private property, um, but as far as myself, man, it, I got lucky with the public land. Really, um, really focused on scouting, and it just kind of worked out for me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. See, like this past uh, season area, I just pay attention to transition areas. Yeah. And so this this spring, though, I'm going to actually get in there well before it gets too hot, and because a lot of the elevation changes up you know, several thousand feet, so or several hundred feet, depending on where you're at in the yeah in the driftless area here. So I'm going to take advantage of it. Ben. How was your season? Oh, it went pretty good. Um, <clears throat> I actually started off uh, a little bit better than I expected. I uh, I lost. Um, all my velvet deer I was chasing uh, early on. I talked to, I think I talked to Hunter about that a little bit, you know, right. Velvet opened up and I mean, I had some really nice deer on camera and uh, about a week before season um, opened, they just left. I think I had an early drop somewhere pretty close and they just hung around, stayed in the woods and were on some acorns that I did not know where they're at kind of thing. And uh, ended up Matt, um, Powell, I know, I know you had Matt on not too long ago, and and I I talked to uh, you know me and him chit chatting back and forth, and he had some that were a little bit more regular, and I slid right over there and shot one of his, <laughs> um, so killed a velvet there. Uh, so velvet season open open week of, of Tennessee, and then um, I ended up getting back on. Um, the Tennessee deer, actually the one I was trying to, trying to kill, um, in velvet, he ended up hitting one of my plots I put in, I put in about six acres of plots, which, you know, some people sounds like a lot, some people not so much, but, uh, it was actually a, a big uh, change because I took, uh, some power lines that were 
unhuntable um, as far as food wise and uh, that was a huge process uh, just getting them bush hogs sprayed down twice burnt down and uh, planted um, and, but anyway it had some some pretty uh, uh, timely rainfalls it was real dry for a while but then we had pretty timely rainfalls had enough green there ended up killing uh, my second biggest deer ever 11 pointer on the 17th of October. So that's pretty early for me. Um, you know, no rut involved kind of thing, be able to kill two deer and tag out and see. Um, then uh, things slowed down a lot for me. Um, I didn't get on any other shooters until, um, until we got into uh, really mid November after right after the cold front came in um hunted through the heat had some buddies come up um to indiana uh powell actually killed uh, 153 on public here in indiana when i was on the road going to iowa spent two, spent two days in iowa first day rain the entire day um second day about 30 minutes after daylight shot my third biggest deer ever uh in in iowa and that's my biggest out of uh, yeah that's my biggest outside of indiana um indiana well i take that back um it was my third biggest my third biggest ever um second biggest for the year 143 um he broke up a uh, 12 pointer and uh i took and brought him back home and then i was kind of done hunting bucks for the year um I, you know, I hunted my butt off, but, and went to Oklahoma, you know, hunted a lot in Indiana, had some encounters, but couldn't get anything else done. So I ended up killing three right at 416 inches of antler and, um, um, pretty, pretty successful year. I think I had seven deer total with my bow. Wow. Bravo. I'm sitting here with zero, big fat zero. So <laughs> I definitely paid my dues this year, but, uh, it was a fun experience and this, on this, uh, year i'm gonna there's a there's a piece of property that's 250 acres of public land so i'm gonna meander through that and try to get try to find some access points for that spot there well, but, Jeff, uh, right now time right now is the time to be in there jeff yeah exactly go 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 look at it right now well i'll tell you this too jeff what what ben and matt and all them guys do with the bow hunting league is something special because you know like for instance there's a lot of guys that do what i do you find one good deer or you know you're able to get one good deer a year um and it may be a high quality deer, may not be, may be, you know, you know, whatever's quality to yourself. But what they do is they travel around and they successfully shoot great deer in multiple states. And it's, you know, with me traveling and talking to multiple hunters a year, what they do is is incredible. Um, Matt Powell, great example. Ben's a great example. I know there's four or five others on the bow hunting league that just do a um, a phenomenal job on actually traveling, and uh, they they seem to find the deer everywhere, man. It's it's unreal. Like you said, it's a lot of east scouting, so that really helps out. Yeah. On top of that, so you know, and um, I didn't, I didn't, we may have not shot any deer, but I did at least get some deer. I had a friend of mine down in Iowa. They were, uh, they shot up a couple of deer before I had gotten down there, but none of them knew how to uh, to butcher a deer. So I got to get after that and uh, been making venison out of that. So I'm looking forward to. It. So this upcoming, uh, we're going to go down there here in a couple of weeks. We're going to we're going to look at analyze it for. Uh, 
aerial view, we figure out what we can do to increase the habitat because there's, there's pheasants that run through there. So we want to strategize on how to bring, keep those into the, into the land there, but also get a couple of bobcats. So we got to figure out how to either trap them out or just predator hunt those guys out and get their, get rid of that presence this way then we can maintain those birds. But I'm really actually looking forward to setting up my trail cams this, uh, this uh, upcoming spring down in there, down in Iowa. And then try to try to finesse some uh, pulp private land here in Wisconsin. So it seems to be a little, a little difficult in these areas. Yeah, private land's hard to get, man. Really, anywhere. Yeah, uh, I know Kentucky is has always been a big lease state, and Tennessee's starting to be that way. Um, and it's just whoever's got the most money is going to get this, going to get the spots. And it's you know you hate to see that, but that's just what the world's coming mm-hmm. to. Um, uh, yeah, I hear you there because I was talking to uh, Brett Smith and uh, he he shot the big 194 in Minnesota, south of the Minnesota. And he's an insurance agency agent, and he was talking about like you for a private hunter for for a hunter to go on a private land, something accidentally get hurt, get injured. He probably not going to sell or sue the landowner, but what what the the security is is to avoid having the insurance company come after him. Yeah. And that's why we're starting to see the leases coming because it's it's mostly just to cover the hunter's land because it's like that's a horrible way to lose a family farm or something like that just because right. somebody hurt because some other insurance agency decides like well we're not going to pay for him but we're going to char- we're going to we're going to put the person's land who owned land in charge of uh, the damage like which is kind of strange but you know what nothing is uh, impossible these days with the right lawyer right right yeah it's your it's your health insurance company so like for instance like. If you get uh, injured in a car wreck, um, your health insurance is going to cover all of you, all of your claims. You know, I don't know if you want this to be an insurance thing. I did it for eleven years, but oh but, wow! But uh, but like you know, they're going to take care of you, and then they're they're looking around like, well, what was the cause of this injury? You know, where what property were you on? And and those subrogations they happen six months a year later. And a lot of times we don't, we don't even know about it, you know, especially if it's a, um, a car claim, you know, you don't know what, what they're dealing with that car insurance company, but, but like I said, no insurance companies are ruthless and, you know, and it's a business just like anything else. They're looking for who's at fault and they're wanting to take care of the client first. And then they, they, uh, try to, you know, recover some of that loss, but but yeah, no, it's, I, I never, I never thought about that, you know, I, you know, cause you know, you tell these people, "Hey, I'm not going to sue you," and and you don't. But it's it ends up, you know, the insurance company. If you had a fifty, you know, it's a it's nothing to have a twenty five fifty thousand dollar claim, you know. And that's why that's why it's important to um to have these, you know, liability waivers signed, you know, and you know, go ahead and that's get your insurance in place. Yeah. Yep. yep. I, I got a liability waiver. And then a lot of times, like when I ask permission, I mean, I probably knock on 60 doors a year and I get told, you know, I have 58 no's and I'll get two yeses and it usually turns out to be pretty decent property. And then as soon as they say yes, you know, we just, we sign a waiver saying if I fall off a deer stand or whatever, if they say, Hey, I want you to bow only hunt out of the ground, whatever, then I just, you know, it is what it is. You got to abide by it. So the nice thing is I printed off those two. So this way, if I did come across having, I'd have one ready to go. So it's like, yes, hit the pot of gold. It's like, here you go. Sign this for, this is to protect you. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's a different world now. Yeah. While we're talking about kind of the, um, I mean, I don't know how you want, I want this to run Jeff, but I, while you're talking about like getting access, 
and you know what hunter hunter knows where i'm going with this um you know it is incredibly hard especially right now i mean we're coming out of it you know a lot of these you know the a lot of that fear is going away you know as far as the country's going but you know if you've got a an elderly couple that owns a, a large farm you know they may be a little bit hesitant just to open the door in general and you know talk to you and um what i'm seeing is you know the the I can say this and I'd put my check on it right now. The single greatest networking event that's happening in the hunting industry right now is the Boeing League Turkey League. And that sounds like a shame, you know, a shameless plug, but I'm telling you right now, I know of at least eight guys that have traded hunts for this spring with people that they did not know existed before our Turkey League draft at the end of February. And, and so what's happening, so you, let me give you just a hypothetical. So you got a guy like Hunter Schmidt, which Hunter's not in. I don't, you didn't get signed up for the Turkey League, did you, Hunter? I didn't no, see no, one, no one knew my name. I wasn't going to get drafted. I'm going to have yeah. to go slay some turkeys. I'm bad about well, picking go, up a go, shotgun. Go build your, you got to build your profile up, build, build your following up a little bit. I'm just going to shoot him with a shotgun and post a picture of the bow so I get picked up next year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I ain't saying that ain't happened before, but. Uh, right. <laughs> but, um, but what's happening, so you get a guy like Hunter, really good in his area, got, you know, he's got some solid turkey spots. He wants to, uh, he wants to go to Texas and shoot a Rio. A Rio, Texas hunt, depending on where you go, it's going to run you between $1,500 and $3,000 for a quality lodged hunt, Okay. Well, there's a lot of these ranches, just like my, one of my buddies is down there hunting right now. A lot of these ranches, they don't, you know, these, they don't really care about turkeys. They've got a bunch of them, but maybe one or two guys on the lease that, that, that hunt them. Um, but he's in a position where he can take guys. He's, you know, if he has a guy that's, you know, wants to go shoot a Rio, you know, uh, he can take them and trade out with them. And that's what we're seeing because turkeys is turkey hunting is way different than deer hunting. Okay. Because deer, in general, hold a higher value with hunters because, first off, you know what deer it is. You know, if, you, if you've got like a, a two, three-year-old buck that you've been watching for a couple of years, you don't want you don't want to kill him, you know, per se. You know, you may let your kids shoot him or whatever. But, like, if your plan is to not shoot that deer, you're not going to go rogue on your farm and just let just anybody come hunt. However, with turkeys – and just it's it's more of a camaraderie kind of thing, you know. Uh, we're we're having a, uh, a cookout the uh, Friday before season opens in Tennessee Boning League cookout. Hunter's going to come score deer. It's going to be a sporting event for him. Going to have guys bring the deer they want. They're all scored for free and through Buck Masters for free through the Boning League partnership we got going. Um, I know I'm dropping a lot of plugs there, but what what happens is it's more of a camaraderie thing. And you're building these relationships with other bow hunters. And next thing you know, guess what? You're getting a deer invite. You know, it may not even be their prime farm, but it may be a 40 acre piece that they have access to that can be turned on during the rut. And, you know, and but what it's doing is when you have your typical 
cost thought process, you know, like, Hey, I want to go hunt in uh, Oklahoma. Well, right off the bat, you're thinking, how do I hunt Oklahoma? Do I hunt public land? Do I get an outfitter? Those are really your only two options. If, if you don't know somebody in Oklahoma, those are your two options. And, you know, yeah, you can go on Facebook and say, hey, anybody want to trade hunt? God knows who you're going to get hooked up with in that scenario. So what we're doing is we're forcing guys that, that have the drive to be in a team, be on a team and compete. So already they're bought in in, in, in some capacity. But then – you get them in a in a in a better networking situation where they're not totally going all in blind and you can fill people out build relationships that way and the next thing you know um you're trading hunts with a guy and it if you don't want to you don't have to and you don't have to offer and you don't have to ask you know what i'm saying but it's it just creates a a very low-key environment where um you can do that networking and and that's what but, you know, we were just talking about trying to get access, you know, it's it sometimes I think it's a bigger deal than it is. But then when I have these guys sending me these screenshots, like, hey, you know, this is this was just happened on my team. Like captains every now and then be like, hey, another traded hunt and they'll send me a screenshot and I'll see where this guy wrote, you know, wrote, you know, he's like, you know, I never thought I would ever get to hunt Merriam's just because of their financial situation. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe they have an X amount of money they allocate towards hunting. So they say, hey, that's going to go toward the deer lease, you know, blah, blah, blah. But now they're going to hunt Merriam's for their tags and their gas, and they're probably going to get fed when they go out there and they have a place to sleep. And it's just, it's, it's really neat to see that kind of culture, not a shift, but kind of getting us back to that deer camp you know that camaraderie that that we want we want to have that all of all of us want that, but it's how do you get there in the way things are now, and 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 like I said, that's all I got to say about that. But we were just talking about access, and that, that's that's kind of what we that's exactly what we're we're in right now with the Boeing League is we're, we are we're in that networking hub of the Turkey League, and it's freaking awesome. Like I'm seeing. It what I think, what I think the bow hunting leagues bring to the table, Jeff, is like he said, you know, which it's more popular up north, up north where you're from, than it is down here. We don't have the deer camp, you know, up north. I know that's a big northern thing, Canadian thing. You know, they do the deer camp. Everybody comes in, shoot what you want, whole nine yards. That's not very popular down here, um, and and it should be. You know, I got to do that during my elk hunt this year, kind of like an elk camp. You know, which symbolized the deer camp. And it was great. I loved it. Some I've never experienced before. I got to be in camp with guys. It was phenomenal. Um, you know, shot an elk. Everybody shot an elk. It was it was great. So that's one thing I think the bow hunting leagues bring to the table with both deer and turkey and everything they're involved with. It's 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 building the relationships back, the the friendships, and not really making it. I mean, obviously with the boating league, they have you know they keep up with score and all that. And I, I wouldn't. I think anybody that says score doesn't matter. Um, is a liar. <laughs> I really do. I mean, I, I I don't think shooting a deer just because the scores is what you need to go for. Shoot what makes you happy, obviously. Um, but you know, you obviously would like to shoot the biggest deer you can. I, I think anybody would say that. Um, 
but the bow hunting league itself is bringing the friendship back to it. And that's why I think it is a phenomenal thing to be a part of as well as the bucks of America podcast and all the other ones out there, you know, all this is trying to bring the hunting community back together and stop making it. So, um, yes, yes. You know, you can't hunt here. I don't want to show you this spot or do this or do that. It's, it's bringing more friendships back into it. And I think that's the, the glory of all this is why I'm so, I would like to be so dedicated with, with, you know, Bucks of America podcast, um, the other podcast, Bow Hunting League, all of it. I, you know, I think it's great. I, I want it for my kids and their kids to come. So um, that's why I think it's great for everybody to, to get involved and everybody back everybody up. And um, I think the way this is moving is in the right direction for sure. Mm-hmm. This whole podcast is about shameless pugs. So you don't have to worry about feeling <laughs> out of place or a banner hunter when it comes down to it. But the, what to, to – uh, conclu- come to a conclusion with all the the uh, camaraderie and stuff like that. The nice thing is, like this podcast has a has an international uh, uh, audience too, and it's yeah. like I'm hoping the people that listen to this podcast in Ireland and Russia, Czechoslovakia, Jamaica, Philippines, like they can check out your your uh, the, the group and. Uh, have a chance to come overseas and come over here. I don't know when that's going to be able to happen because it's like, it all depends on where you're, where you're at, but it's like in in the European union, they're forcing everybody to go on what they call the, uh, uh, the green bracelet. So it's just another, another term for uh, the the tattoos that people got in Auschwitz, those camps, just to make sure that it's like either vaccinated or not vaccinated. So it's like, so they're basically purposely segregating everybody and discriminating against them. Right. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to throw this disclaimer out. Anybody in Europe listening that hunts stag that will let me come shoot a red stag, <laughs> get with Jeff and contact me. I will come shoot one. I promise. Hunter, yeah, Hunter, you're, Hunter you're not going to, you're going to freak out when I tell you who I've been to. I'm, I'll tell you, I can't, I'm not putting this all over, all over America and I'm not disposing my source. Man. Don't tell me you got me a stag hunt. You call me. You call me when this is over with, and I've got right. something that you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna love me forever. If you have another kid, you'll probably name him after me. Okay. Well, I would. <laughs> I would. With the, with the with, yeah, exactly. I think if I somebody set up a, a red stag hunt out in Australia, it's like definitely. I think I'm gonna name my kid after Ben. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been my number one uh, from the. I guess when I figured out there were other animals outside of like deer, I mean, we didn't really have turkeys then, but I guess when I figured out there were other animals outside of like deer and um, elk, red stag went up to the very top. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, what it is about them either. I, I, I have no idea. It's just, they're just a, I don't know. Every photo I see of a red stag looks like some kind of majestic painting. You know, it's just, it's just yeah. that they're just a majestic animal. Yeah. Probably like bighorn sheep is for a lot of these, these, you know, sheep guys. Yeah. I think you're pretty close on that. Cause it's like, but the only time is like listening to uh, Remy Warren from his solo hunter days, he would talk about any, any of those big, massive racks you see out there all in public, all on private land. So public land, they get as pretty decent, you know, but they don't get nowhere near. Like I would like to go after some access deer. Like that would be a fun hunt or an Ibex. Yeah. Out of New Mexico. Yeah. Now yeah. I, I could see the I could see doing the access deer much quicker than I'd be able to see the ibex 
hunt because that's a very hard draw to get into. Probably better off just saving your money going out of Texas to shoot one there. But uh, the the access to you can jump over to the uh, the islands there. Why I have an uncle or cousin lives out there, so he probably knows a few people because he does the import export for cars and such. So I'm sure he has somebody out there. So if anybody wants to do something like that, let me know because I think that would be a fun hunt to do. Go yeah. out and do because like uh, I'm looking at like this weekend we go out there and we'd be looking for an outfitter to maybe get onto some lake uh, salmon there in Lake Michigan because like I think that would be a fun thing to do in the late season. Get a group of guys because I've seen some people charge as low as like two twenty five a head and still be able to come home with 30, 40 pounds of meat. Oh, wow. wow. That's wow. And that'd be a good yeah. time too. Are you, what are they, do they, what do they do? Y'all take, y'all take a boat out on the sand? Yeah, just take a big old mass boat and you're just cruising and trolling for them down there, I don't know, 7,500 feet deep. Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. That is neat. Yeah, it's, it's quite the epic thing. I bought a buddy of mine do it a couple of years ago, and he had a lot of fun. This is before children, so he has he's has, he has up to five now. So that's that was the back when he was able to have that kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, sounds like sounds like he needs to get a new hobby. I, he, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, I think they're they're done after the fifth, this last one. So uh, I'm hoping <laughs> to be able to actually get out there and enjoy some wood time with it because him and I used to hunt all the time and then it's like then the, then the kids started coming out and it's like his time became very sparse so it's like i'm hoping to be able to get out there and get after some fishing and some hunting yep. once he gets his home life in a in an orderly manner where he can actually jump out for a couple hours because we only live an hour apart so right 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 well um i know uh, me and ben got some big things coming up like he said we got a cookout next weekend um for the bow hunt league gonna be a lot of big deer there we're excited about it hopefully uh we got a couple people out of state coming ben yeah, so uh, I'm gonna I'm about just about to drop the information in to see what our interest is like. I try to give these guys uh, about four days to prepare. You know, I'll I'll drop it early next week, probably Sunday. Right, uh, that way they can get prepared. So, because I feel like if I tell anybody too too early, it kind of gets lost. We've got so much stuff going on in there, you know, in the yeah. group, and we got so many people shooting and stuff, but um but yeah we'll we'll definitely we'll probably have some kentucky guys come down i know that um there's uh quite a few local guys that are going to be over and i'm just going to tell them anything anything that they think is going to be you know you know it's 115 without the spread you know i just tell them just 105 without spread 105 without spread with a bow that's why i have you here fact checking me (laughs) but uh, but what Jeff, I, you know, I don't know if you noticed this or not. I mean, because we have so many things come through there all the time, but uh, you know, Hunter has really been working his butt off for us. Um, he not only reached out to you know a bunch of the scores across the nation, he built us a, a scoring list of guys that wanted to volunteer their time to score these deer for free. Uh, just you know, just guys that are wanting to grow their it's 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 not necessarily a clientele because it's you know buckmasters. I mean, they're just all they do. These guys are obsessed with scoring antlers, right? And so he reached out and he's got he had us a nationwide list. You know, there were three or four in, in several states. I know Will Leonard's one of them that was on the list, and he's in, he's in the group. And he's active. He's in Ohio. But anyway, um, so Hunter's working his tail off. You know, talking to all these scores. Well. About halfway through the year, um, he reached out to me. He said, "Hey, man," he said, "I've been working on this, but you know, 
he ended up getting all of these the entry fees, you know, because all these systems, it takes money to run these, these, you know, these organizations. I mean, you know, just like us, I mean, we are at a critical point with the bow hunting league. We really are. And thank, I mean, thank God we have guys willing to volunteer their time. But just like with the scoring stuff with Buckmasters, it takes money to run these things. And, you know, there's an entry fee and all this stuff. But uh, Hunter sees us as a va- you know a valuable thing where he we can expand their entries and and possibly get some more. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Jeff That's White, my wife. Jeff's wife did, did a little photo bomb there. Just wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Well, she just wanted to come down. And let me know that uh, we had some last weekend. My my buddy and I we smoked up uh, a pork shoulder and some tenderloins, and uh, it's, so we made uh, tonight's dinner. What is uh, smoked tenderloin with nachos and cheese and barbecue sauce? All out. Oh so yeah, it's like, it looks, looks sounds delicious. But that's uh, legit. I've been you've been I've I've seen some of these. Uh, you send me some snaps or something of what you've been cooking and stuff, and I I, I can tell you're obsessed with it, but. Yeah, I have a whole podcast about about uh, about cooking too. So it's great. Yeah, so it's like that's right. everybody comes with some awesome deli- de- desserts that or de- uh, de- um, food that they all come up with. Like uh, let's see here, last week or last week's was with um, Wydell out of um, Indiana, and he he gave me the recipe for deer heart tacos. Oh yeah, oh deer heart's yeah. incredible. Oh yeah, yeah it is. It's such a versatile meat, especially and, if you and, really enjoy it. And like and and like I was saying with with hunter i mean he's just he's you know he's got you know he's got he's got the connections to the you know buckmasters and you know they're you know the the higher ups in there and just saying you know basically like look the tetra was the first site that we introduced the infinite adjust system on the front end with previous sites we had what we call a hopscotch or plug and play type of scope housing where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now when you sight in your 20 yard mark, you can really fine tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape, and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger, uh, scope ring which helps with peep alignment as well as a built-in scope level which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame bracket with, with three different mounting locations as well as a dovetail or tournament edition uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is away from your bow and the Tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes. You get an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarter, as well as a new four pin multiple pin head. All the heads are interchangeable. All the Tetras are compatible with any of our accessories. For more information, you can visit our website at www.hhasports.com.
this is an opportunity for us to reach out and to be part of something that's free, you know, because everybody that's involved in this, they don't, they're not required to pay any membership. And, and that's, that's really helped us um, because there's, you know, especially with um, some, you know, your larger deer, your deer with inside points, kickers, um, you know, possibly a common base, you know, there's all kinds of, I mean, white tail, that's what's so unique. And, and need about a white tail rack. You're never going to have a deer that's the exact same. And you know, with with our partnership, if you do have a unique deer, and we had some scenarios this year where there was some a, a little bit of kickback. You know, these guys are scoring the deer and they're doing a decent job at it. Um, but sometimes very large deer don't appear to be that large on in, in the photo photos don't do them justice if the deer's got you know crazy mass six seven you know six and a half inch bases and if he carries his mass all the way out he's gonna look smaller and that's where hunter comes in and saves the day i mean literally um we had a couple scenarios and um you know I, we're you know the admins are, are having to answer questions you know people are messaging us and i'm just like look I know the deer's big. I can tell they're huge. I'm getting a bunch of photos, but you still almost have to have a professional put his hands on it. And what's really what's really neat about those scenarios, these guys, you know, they may score their deer at, you know, 179. A professional gets his hands on it, that deer's 183. That you happened know, a couple times this year. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. a couple times this happens year. Happens all the time. Yeah. And like, what and just like when you know you scored my my Tennessee buck, you know, I ne- I haven't I have not put a tape on that deer since you did it because I don't have to. It's neat. I you know I always had I really always have my other fr- my friends and stuff score my deer for me. I don't I will score my deer, but I I get more enjoyment out of just seeing what it scores. You right. know what I'm saying? Well, a lot and, of people try to be conservative too. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people are conservative. Yeah, it's a 50 50. Either you're really conservative <laughs> or you got 13 inch bases on the deer that has five inch bases. Yeah, like it's exactly. just, you know, you get one or the other. So, yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, and it, it takes what it does is it removes any doubt that people have. And, you know, you can have a panel of Buttmaster scores have been scoring deer for 15 years and they, you know, they may be. You know, ha- you know, I don't know, within an inch we'll of be, each other. Yeah, we'll all be within a couple eighths of each other. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Just but that like matters. That yeah, the couple eighths matter. matters in a competition. It does matter. But the, at the same time, like just having an having an organization to say, Hey, we'll waive the fees. We want y'all in. And that and we, you know, we're gonna continue to build that relationship and stuff just because you know, you don't you don't become anything great or huge overnight. And just like you know, you saw when you got started. I mean, how long you been scoring? Two years? Uh, actually, man, I've been scoring a little over a year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You haven't been scoring long. No, and, no. But look at all the people you've met. Yeah. I mean, I know your I know your your scoring page exploded. Yeah. You had you had a handful of really unique situations like that guy that found that deadhead and yeah. 
and you know, and it's 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 neat to open your open people's eyes to stuff. And I actually think it brings reality back to the photos. And when guys get their deer validated, I guess you'd say, and the deer's dead, the deer's there, it's theirs, it's done, it's big, whatever. But the thing is, it actually brings more credibility to that deer. Yeah. And um, and you know, I think I it just adds more value. You know, you were talking earlier about how, uh, you know, like, you know, people say, well, I don't score my deer or whatever. That's fine. You don't have to score your deer, but when guys score their deer and get their deer uh, officially scored, it's not them bragging. It's them loving the sport more. It's an additional level of just of excitement we get. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's just well, an exi- you, got, you got the hive shooting the deer, you got the hive hunting the deer, you got the hive chasing them, and then you then you come scoring day, and then you find out what that deer, and it's just an additional level of respect for that animal. What I like, and I think this reflects what uh, Bucks of America stands for too. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, with the bow hunting league and Buckmasters, both what I'm seeing is you know, with the bow hunting league, you guys allow any entry. If it's shot with a bow, you don't care how big it is. It, it goes towards it goes towards your team's your team's points. Whereas Buckmasters, <clears throat> man, if we get a deer in here, and you know, if I get a, a kid that walks up with a six point, or a grown man walks up with a six point, and he's super happy. I'm gonna score that deer the same way I would a 200 inch deer. I'm gonna take my time. I'm gonna focus on it, and I'm gonna make sure that I do everything I can to make sure this guy's deer is correct. And you know, and I think that kind of is what we all three stand for. It's you know, at the end of the day, it's whatever makes you happy. Um, and I think I see that in all three of our our lines of work here, um, which you know, really really brings the joy back into it. It really does. My my focus with the Bucks of America is that I want to be able to capture all these data points. Yeah. And with having your expertise, Hunter, it allows us to show us like what we've done, and all that data gets pulled pulled so this way that anybody can look it up. And the nice thing is they can they can contact that hunter. Like, what did you do to grow that deer? It's like, what can I do about my minerals? Yep. What can I do about my land? And it's it's all about that reestablishing that biome so this way that we have to continue on what our grandfathers sacrifice so this way we could have what we have today yeah i think between all the media the social media the things that the bow hunting league's doing with the competition and you know all the sources that are out there i think as a whole this year obviously from a score standpoint and i can only speak for kentucky and tennessee and a little bit of ohio that i scored in but um and talking my friends uh toby and will um which ben knows um this year was incredible with with the amount of big deer that was killed um and i think it just boils down to for one people having cameras out i mean if you know 170 steers walk on the property you're not going to shoot the 120 that walks by most people won't (coughs) excuse me but i think it also has contributed to the fact that i don't want to call it a competition but but people are getting more interested in well, I want to see what that deer does another year. And neighbors are getting together. And that whole camaraderie, right. yeah, there you go. The whole friendships are, are starting to grow back together. And, and it's it's starting to become everybody working together. You know, I'm not saying everybody's going to let everybody hunt their land. But like Ben said, they're building relationships with each other. Um, 
through the bow hunting league. Um, we're building relationships with Buckmasters. You know, we're bringing people to the bow hunting league by saying, hey, I don't know if you check this out, but you really need to check this out. I've talked to a bunch of people about your podcast. And it's just building all these relationships and getting our group back. Um, you know, I'm not trying to make this too political, but it's one of those things, too, that we're going to have to start sticking together because these rights are going to start getting ran thin and thin, you know. So we're going to have to become a community again and and getting back close together. And I think what all three of us are doing is doing a great job at that. So um, I just I just look forward to the future on it. Yeah, because you are right about that, that the, the, our privileges eventually will be taken away. But then again, I'm starting to see a lot of con- states putting this in, in their own constitution. Yep. A lot of places are going permitless because of what's going on on the, on the deep state factor of it all. But you are correct. But it's like I've listened to some of the conversation that people had with the Sportsman's Alliance and what they do to have to fight with these organizations that just constantly utilize some of these loopholes that uh, – not, I'm not familiar with them, but uh, Randy Newberg does a great job of breaking them down and talking about what he did, what he had to, when, went through in the 90s trying to bring back wolfing, wolf hunting. And we just had uh, – Wisconsin just had ours, and that was like 80% of them were all hunted with, with dogs. So it was, uh, it was a high success rate, but we filled that quota real, real fast. Yeah. yeah but it's like – yeah, it's it's been, it's been a nice up thing, but we had a there the group had to go and get together, get the funds together, and actually sue the DNR mm-hmm. to tell him we need a date. Yeah, not this like we're it's like oh we're gonna have hunting season, but we need something concrete, and that's where we have to go. And then also uh, paying a tribute to uh, backcountry hunter, backcountry hunters and anglers. I mean that group right there has done fantastic trying to push all this stuff. But I also saw that there's land bills in Ohio. Excuse me, not Ohio, but uh, Wyoming, Utah, and Idaho about trying to trying to change different rights and stuff. And that's the biggest thing that we're trying to that they're trying to avoid what all happened out east to prevent what's happening that could possibly happen out west. Right. And then we also had the big the big uh, land grab from Gates, which is which is um, alarming too. Yeah. It's like what does he know that we don't know? It's like because right. as as one group is carrying on distraction, we have the other the real narrative truly going on in the background. So it's like, you got to pay attention to those one percenters because they're, they control what's going on. Yeah. Well, kind of talk about the, I know we talked a lot about the boating league, but just kind of circle back if you don't mind. Ben, off the top of your head, what was the roundabout number of bucks killed on the league, in the league this year? You told me a while back. I'm just trying yeah, to remember we something had, crazy. We ended up with 371. 371 deer. And yeah, what was the league a, average? It was like one thirty something. One thirty four. One thirty four. Pretty that's, solid. That's solid. That's solid. And I know we had, I know we had. No, they were Buckmaster officially scored. I think your top what your top five this year got officially oh, yeah. scored for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. Two thirty. Yeah, I, I know. Yep, uh, Brunswick's did. Yep. Um, I know. Um, had a two thirty, a two oh one. Brand, uh, Brandon's, uh, I forgot his last Brandon name. Bullock. Yeah, Brandon Bullock. Yep, I scored he, that one. That was 190. That him was 197. Brunswick, dude, him and Brunswick every freaking year are yep. killing. They're at least killing 150s, 160s. I think Brandon's last year was like 168. Yeah, no big yeah. deal. You know, he's yeah. like, I'm going to shoot a, I'm going to shoot a 197 inch eight pointer or whatever. Yeah, typical. I'm, typical. The thing, I tell you, that was one of the deer right then. Because here's the thing: like, if it was anybody else, 
I'd been like, all right, man. Like, because in the photos, you cannot see it. Like, yeah. this deer is, he well, is so the, symmetrical. That's what you, you said. You're like, man, I'm getting so much kickback about this. I said, hey, I called the guy. I'm going to score the deer. And I just remember you texting back, thank God. <laughs> yeah, you. I was like, you're my savior. Because yeah. here's the thing. If it was anybody else, I would have been skeptical. But this guy kills big deer every year. And he's yeah. like, man. He's like, I know. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, I ain't, he, he, he's the kind of guy too that's, he's real humble and he doesn't want to avoid it. And like, he would have just said, I ain't going to enter it. And I'm like, no, we're not going to have that. I was like, because you're legit. And I was like, yeah. we're, I'm like, you need to be celebrated. You know, this is a huge accomplishment. And so that, yeah, I was, I was very, what hid out there. What yeah. hid that deer was the fact that that deer had 32-inch main beams. It's stupid. Jesus. He was That deer is yeah. stupid. So he wasn't he, very tall. I mean, he was, uh, but he wasn't. He wasn't, like, ridiculously tall. He just had freaking 32-inch main beams. It was, it was crazy. And then – um Carried his mass I, on out. We had uh, Joey uh, Craver. He killed that 200. I know. Yep. I, know he, I was supposed to score it. He was a little far. Yeah, he was a little I, far. One of our other scores got there. Yeah, I don't know who ran down and got that one. Uh, Dale Weddle. Dale, okay. Yeah, yeah and Dale scored him. And and you know we had uh, no we uh, every year. I mean, which Brunswick blew it out of the water this year. Is was two fifty two. And oh, that's what. Yeah, I was about to say his two fifty two. Yeah, two fifty two. It was the biggest. It was the biggest buck we've ever had, and which we've been. You know, this was our sixth year um but the thing is he beat our previous record by like 37 38 inches i mean by a lot yeah and and he's just and and that guy right there another one extremely humble i mean just law enforcement officer he's actually a canine officer and just and I had the opportunity to hunt with him down in in Florida at the showdown. You know, before he came down there, he came down to hunt six pointers in the Panhandle of Florida <laughs> with us. He had never—I don't think he's ever hunted over thirty minutes away from his house. He never hunted public ground before, and that was his first hunt. I was like, "This isn't a good example of <laughs> what you need to strive for." But he came down there, and this guy fired up he's trying to uh hunt multiple states next year wanting to travel and stuff because there's more i mean you can have a great time you know hunting around the house and stuff but when you see the opportunities you know he's just he's just a regular dude and like when you open up opportunities for you know he could come to indiana i told brunswick several times like dude if you if you punch your tag early just come out here and stay with me and we'll go hunt and I don't want anything in return either. I just want – I just he's just the kind of quality person you want to be around. Yeah. And, you know, because what y'all were talking about is, like, losing rights and stuff. And I have a kind of a – obviously, I'm, I'm 100% supportive of, of backcountry guys and, you know, all these organizations that try to keep our rights. But personally, I feel like I'm always fighting the clock, okay? Um, at a, you know, at a very young age, I, I, you know, like when I say young age, I was 19 years old. I realized that I wasn't invincible and I realized that I was, you know, your these opportunities that you have, 
can be just ripped out from under you. And what we're fighting, guys, is age. You know, we are fight, we are fighting a clock. And if that clock's 55 or, you know, if it ends at age 55, 60, whatever, we've got to ramp up our opportunities quickly while we still have the ability to go do this stuff. And I'm never going to be a millionaire. I'm just not. I mean, it's not going to happen. And part of that reason is because I spend so much damn money on hunting. Like, you know, <laughs> and I, hey, y'all keep talking about that. I'm going to put you on mute. My wife's listening. <laughs> well, we, we know how much you tell her you, uh, you spend, so it ain't much. But right. <laughs> <laughs> you're a duck hunter, too, man. You're the worst kind. But anyway, uh, but you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, we're fighting. That's what that's where my anxiety is. You know, I'm over here just thinking like, okay, how strategically, how many states can I strategically hunt next year during prime time from Halloween to, you know, up until Thanksgiving? How much, you know, how many can I hunt? And, and, you know, making this plan. And, and when six years ago, before the bow hunting league got big, but right when we got, right when I started it, I would have never have dreamed I was ever, would ever be in that position where I was to turning down states to go hunt in. Never. I, you know, that was, that was, I had killed one Pope and Young in my life at that point. And I just, or I'm sorry, but I was Pope and Young. Is that blasphemy or, or how's hey, that? You're killing me. Words, Hunter? Is You're that, killing is that me. a, is, is that a bad thing? But anyway, but I'd killed one, you know, one, 125 inch deer. There we before. go. And, <laughs> And I just, and I, you know, but, but now I have this, just this urge to go and just see everything and, and, you know, and it's, and I'm seeing it get, I'm seeing these guys, you know, you know, these are, all these guys are 30 to some of mid fifties. And I'm seeing all these guys get fired up, just seeing these, these fires get rekindled in these guys. And it's, it's really neat because that's what we should, we should have passion. We should, we should be excited about going and doing these kinds of things and, you know, keep fought, fighting father time, man. I mean, get as many, get enough deer in your house where you're going to have to put an addition on your house to hold all your mats. That's my goal. I want to run out of room. That is a very good sentiment. Cause it's like when I went down there to start to have Working on my it. friends out, <laughs> I, got, I got I got mine right here, but yeah. I, to to elaborate on that, Ben, it's like I had a friend of mine that, well, actually, my best friend, he's my roommate now, but his dad, he's like he was kind of blasé about hunting, but then I got down there, Jesus, just showing off all your bucks, huh? But that's, when that's I got that down Montgomery there, County one right there, yeah, nice. But I I was able to get him re or reinvigorated to get back out there and get, taking hunting seriously. So it's like his goal before he kicks the buck, he's sixty seven. He wants to get a beautiful typical out there. It's like all right, let's get it. I think that's something I could accomplish for him before before he retires, before he's done done. You know, it's like so it's like it's we're gonna put some extra time in this season to start throwing out the cameras, out the figure where everything's at. So that's kind of like my goal for this year because it's like I don't have as many bucks as you guys do, but it's like you know I like I want him to have that one um good experience from off of his lens he's shot a, a bunch of bucks over the last 36 years or so but it's like he just wants to have that monumental one that he's been striving after we're gonna have to get you down here joe 
that is um, this year. It's like I, I have a wedding or not a what I have a wedding on my anniversary. So it's like it's right at the beginning of the season. So it's like I'm taking what Ben was saying to heart. Like, what can I do here? Because like I live for, like in this little small corner here where Illinois is only a couple hours away. I was only about an hour away. Then Minnesota is like literally across the river from where I'm at. The downside is that it's like it's being able to afford the the tags for both Iowa and. Illinois, because they're, they're not that cheap. Hey, Minnesota's not that expensive. And Minnesota's down to really Tennessee, cheap. you get two buck tax, boy. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's and you pretty legit. Shoot, and you can shoot three does a day every day of the season. Wow, you have that big of a, a herd. It's it's pretty substantial. Pretty substantial. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to start looking. I'll have to start uh, doing some Google in here to see it. I think make uh, it happen. I think my yearly goal is to open a line of credit with the damn taxidermist. <laughs> That's funny. I just had a. Uh, I've got two deer. I've got two deer, two turkeys, and elk up there right now. And then we're getting my grandfather. He caught twenty-two shellcracker over a pound and a half. All of them were over a pound and a half. So that's all going on one log right now. That's going to be cool. That's you can put legit. A, you can put twenty-two of them on one log. Yeah, yeah, That's gonna be plexiglass cool. and everything, and we're oh, mounting yeah. this on the wall. Ooh. So it's going to have three spots for the, the for studs to mount to the wall. That's going to be pretty legit. That's pretty epic. Right. Yeah, I'm not really sure where he's going to put it yet, but we'll figure it out. Now you said a shellcracker. What's what's that slang for? What what fish is that? That's. A, it's, I mean, I, we always call it a shellcracker. It looks like a bluegill. It's a, it's a looks like a it looks like a crappie in a bluegill's body. Is it Ben? Is that about okay. his best way to yeah, explain it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not they're a, a, I'm not a huge fisherman, but they are a massive bluegill. Yeah, massive bluegill, and they're yeah. and I know when they get um, when it's in and they're on beds and stuff. I know it is a it's as big as any type of fishing that is in the area. I yeah. mean, there's people, but it's yeah. you don't see a lot of them over. a a pound really I right. mean, it's hard to get them okay. over a pound right but um yeah like i said he got 22 that were uh, over a pound and a half he had one that was close to two pounds wow yeah so does so get them all mounted then or you get them all uh, uh no he's mounting all 22 of them together jeez how, how big's that bill uh <laughs> he he <laughs> cut him a deal it was 170 dollars a fish and i think he got it down to 100 dollars a fish so wow Wow, two grand. That's going to be quite something. Yeah. And then I had to find a log for it to go on, but we ended up <laughs> finding one and buying it. So yeah. it worked out. That's pretty cool. It's like those, those memories, though. It's like now the nice thing is like when he passes away, that's that's a, it's a family heirloom right there. It's like dreams can't come oh, true. Yeah. He, he, he fishes. That's his daily thing. So to him, you know, it's worth it. So and he's up. It's like, so he's my grandfather. He's up there in age. So. It's just one of those things. My dad's sixty, going to be sixty-eight or sixty-nine this year, and so he's been really hammering the fish, pretty fishing pretty hard the last couple of years, and him being retired, yeah. he's been getting after it. So I don't, I have no idea what his what his PB is going to be for a uh, uh, pike, but because he's more fishing than anything else. But it's like I think it's like I think his biggest right now is at fifty-two inches. So I'm not sure if what his what is like I'm going to mount this fish is going to be like. Right. He fishes Devil's Lake. He fishes Lake Okoboji. He goes to Lake Madison. Goes up to Lake of the Woods. I mean, he travels all over the Midwest here, getting after some fish. And he's got a good group of guys. I mean, they get they get together uh, twice a year, anywhere between fifteen to twenty guys. And I was talking to um, uh, Brandon Klusman out of uh, South Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and so I told him like, if I'm going out to Okoboji, I'm definitely calling you because it's like for him, it's only an hour drive. For me, it's four hours. It's like right, I get right. after and get have some fun. Yeah, you're talking about 
your your dad, you know, getting together, and we had a uh, I touched on the showdown. So we invited the top ten in the King of the Tines uh, in this year's contest, and then the top three box killed um, were all invited. We had thirteen guys down there representing twelve different states. We had guys flying in from Oklahoma. Um, that was uh, Matt Garris and Taylor Jones. They uh, Matt Garris is actually the owner of Out on the Limb Manufacturing. He makes makes the uh, Shakar sticks. That's probably his most famous thing that he makes. Um, and uh, they were best in show ATA, I think, to 2019. But anyway, he's a big uh, saddle, you know, product. Um, manufacturer, you know, everything's made in house. Um, we had, you know, Brunswick came down. Obviously, Powell was down there. We had, uh, we had people from all over the place. Tyler Wells, he killed a 197 out in, out in Texas. I mean, just, I mean, we had some guys, um, down there that were, um, that were, uh, just, you know, coming from all over the place and it was fun. We had a great time. Anything you want to talk about as far as your, you know, your score? How many deer did you score this year, Hunter? Um, I scored well over two hundred deer. Now the amount that made the books, I think I had right it. I think I right now I'm sitting at eighty nine. I think is what it was. I think I've got eighty nine that actually made the book. Um, but well over two hundred that I've scored. That's really impressive. How many over two hundred? So I've scored over 200 deer last year. Now, okay. how many that scored over 200? Yeah. I think five, five or six. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So not, you know, not as many, um, but I've had more 190s than I did 180s and 170s. It was crazy. Um, I scored, so I scored one yesterday. yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Another example, like Ben, you were talking about earlier, it was one of those – me and my buddies had it 183, and I put a tape to it, and it's 190, like 197 and some change. And it's like, you know, and he started showing me what he was doing, and he just – where they were getting their measurements and stuff like that, I was like, man, you're – you know, because of palmations and stuff like that, it's a little yeah. weird. But um, they, he was just being super, super conservative, um, which is great, you know, but this guy has shot – two 190s in two years, and his dad shot a 197 this year as well. So it's crazy. Um, but we had – so we had Jeremy Huffman's buck. That was 200 – a little over 200 inches of the typical, which is the new Kentucky state record typical with a crossbow. Um, he beat that record this year. Um, Brandon Bullock's was a 197. Um, we had – I scored a 252. This year, that was shot in Indiana a couple of years ago, which me and Ben talked about that deer. Yep, um, I know exactly. And we cannot disclose his name. We that cannot disclose his name. Secretive. Tells me. I will tell you. Very humble guy, though. He is. But that deer, at 252 inches, had a 13 inch spread. <laughs> That's a lot of bone, man. That's crazy. You may, you may, you may never, you may never. I mean, is that the biggest one you've ever scored? Biggest one I've scored so far. I've scored a, uh, I've scored a, a two fifty two, I've scored a two thirty, and some change. Um, and these are all free range deer, um, obviously. Yeah. 
Um, I have scored a couple pin deer for some people uh, that actually bought them. They were they didn't buy the hunt. They just bought the deer. And they want to know what they were, and they were well over three hundred. But I don't. I'm not counting those in my in my um, you know records. But uh, that two fifty two, it may be hard for you to find one that's got more bone than that. Yeah, yeah. For that's, with the spread and everything, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just, I mean, that's a that's an epic animal. I, when he showed it to me, I, you know, I immediately thought, like, man, what are you doing? Where you where you doing hunting high fence or something? You know, that's that's your. You see that deer, you don't think anything else else other than that, but. Hello, we're at the 2020 ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens still has our momentum management compressible blade technology so the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed uh, in flight it's one inch by inch and a quarter another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like so swap the tip out get you 125 grains instead of 100 which is big with those western hunters and then it's really simple to lock back in place roll those blades up and then it's a click and another click on the other side it's completely set in will not prematurely deploy will not rattle free solid containment 100 percent deployment every time so we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time so that's what's new for vip this year who it came from and knowing his background and he paying thirty thousand dollars for that right. well you say yeah. that and and i scored a deer three weeks ago for a i think she's I think she's eight i think she's an eight-year-old little girl okay went with her granddad All and right. shot a 197 inch deer triple main beam it was just funky had a bunch of trash on one side mm-hmm. three drops on the other side yeah just a crazy deer and she freaking pinwheeled him at 30 yards with her crossbow yeah a lot of inbreeding on that deer. Something. Something's going on. Yeah, my, old, yeah. my old man was telling me that usually when you see that type of um, uh, drop times, it's usually because of the, the, it's, a, it's a genetic defect. Huh. Well, it's true or not, that's that's, a, that's what he's a 70-year-old man, so he's pretty sharp. So it's like, I don't know if it's true or not because I haven't right. talked to any, any biologists. But it's like, makes kind of makes sense. Well, I'll tell you what, Jeff. You know, we can appreciate – our old timers, even my dad, my dad's got some interesting little uh, ideas and stuff. And, you know, no sounds based, you know, um, but I still appreciate those kinds of comments and stuff. But realistically, a rack's the last thing that gets grown on these deer, you know, so like they're for a deer to have a, an absolute insane rack. They have to have so many other things going for them. You know, like it's it's the very last thing they get that it's, gets energy. It's stress. They have to be stressless. Yep. They have to stress. You see a lot of people putting dewormer in foods now because deer get you know they'll get heartworms or they'll get worms in their intestines yep. and stuff like that. So, 
Yeah, the more stuff they don't, you they don't keep get on, to go to the bed and get rid of. It. Right, right. <laughs> flea. Uh, people are putting flea and tick. Um, tick. Stuff yep. in, in deer feed now, like uh, mineral licks and, and uh, cattle rubs. And, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just to get the stress out of them. See, like a lot of people think that these, which don't get me wrong, these high fence places are putting supplemental feed out there and they're practically forcing the deer to eat them. Um, but those deer get shots. They are 100% stress-free. They don't have to go anywhere to find food. They don't have to go anywhere to find water. And when you put that environment into genetics, which is really boils down to your nose. So a lot of times what you'll see is the, you know, when people breed racehorses, they really focus on lineage. When it comes to breeding deer, the doe is almost more important than it is the buck when it comes to lineage and where the doe come from um, when it comes to breeding deer. So it'll be, you know, that mixed with, with stress, deer being stress-free is just you know, age, stress, and their genetics is is what it boils down to. It really does. So I, I've I've always been a firm believer. You know, you find big deer in places that don't have agriculture. So don't get me wrong there. I mean, you will find big deer, but you start looking at a map and you put a dot where deer over two hundred inches was killed, and you're going to find a lot of agriculture. It is hard to grow big deer off acorns. It just Mississippi is. River, brother. Yep. You can follow that Mississippi River from where it starts till it hits the Gulf of Mexico, and yep. you can find butchers. Well, see, and you look at look at Tennessee. All connected to what you're saying. Yep. yep. You look at Tennessee. So nobody looks at Tennessee as this big monster buck state. They just don't. Booney Crockett this year put Tennessee, which I know I'm kind of leaning out here over Buckmasters, but they rank Tennessee as an alternate for the top 10, no, top six states in the United States for Boone and Crockett deer. Buckmasters, we look at it through Buckmasters, same thing. It's it's one of those states that rakes way, way up there. The reason being is when you start putting dots on the map again, it's the northern part of the state. You start getting up close to Kentucky. The reason is we are a lot heavy. We have a lot more heavy agriculture up here than we do down south. So down south, you get a lot more pines. You get a lot more, you know, uh, um, a lot less agriculture is what it boils down to. And and the deer, they just don't, you know, they don't they don't get as big. And so up here, we're heavy agriculture up northern Tennessee. Um, and all of, that goes from one side of the state all the way to the dang near the other. You know, so you start getting up in the mountains. But it's, it's all centered around agriculture. You know, Indiana, huge agriculture state, huge deer. Kentucky, Ohio. You know, all these huge ag, ag places, it, you know, it doesn't take a lot of timber to grow big deer. It takes a lot of food and a lot, you know, a lot of thick bedding area where they can get some age on them. Yeah, some sanctuaries. That's the biggest thing because, like, uh, I know all around here, it's like I've never had a really, like, over the last 10 years of hunting, I never really found my ambition to put in a food plot because I, everywhere I hunt has hundreds of acres of food from whether it be soybeans or corn. We run into that in Kentucky. I mean, you think about this. You know, Kentucky is a uh, pro-feeding state. You're allowed to bait in Kentucky. You're allowed to put out corn. Um, and and more power to you, you know. But you think about it realistically, how far a deer has to go to find a corn pile in the state of Kentucky. I would say I would yards. say less than a quarter 400 mile. yards. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yards. 400 yards easy in any direction they can find a corn pile. Or a feeder that is full. 
And and so you start looking at that. And, and corn, it's just protein. It doesn't do a whole, whole lot for the genetics. It's very little protein. Like but it's stress. Like 6%, 7%. Right, yeah. right. But it takes the stress off of them. You it know does. What I mean? It takes the stress off of them. And then they make up, they make all the protein up with the low, gra- you know, where they, they um, graze on head high. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, deer forest eat acorns and all this other stuff. But they look past the low honeysuckle and all that. Deer love ivy. Deer eat the heck out of ivy. And so people look past all that. And, um, you know, deer are browsers. They'll sit there and graze through the, the underbrush in the forest more than anything. And then the afternoon. They're, const- they're constantly eating. And, right. you know, if you, and one thing that I, you know, when I moved up here to Indiana, and, and we don't have a lot of snowpack here, even where I'm at. But I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? like. You know, people say, you know, late in the year and food sources do get depleted. Don't get me wrong. But when you don't have a snowpack, there's always something for these deer to eat. And that's that in itself, I think, has like you're saying, the stress. Food stress is non-existent for deer. Now, now uh, other animals like squirrels, you know, they they depend on on that, that hard mass production, you know, squirrel, squirrel population can dang near get wiped and wiped in half if you don't have a good acorn crop, but deer in Kentucky and Tennessee, the number one factor affecting them, you're talking about stress wise is hunting pressure. Yeah. That is it. And it's huge. And it's, it's, and I'll tell you what, I, I will dare to say this hunting pressure in middle Tennessee is as high as anywhere in the world. Well, and because see, we have a two month gun season, and everybody's got five acres, has got a ladder standing. Yep. And see, Jeff, what what you guys might not experience up here, you know, I was or up there, I was telling you, you know, we can shoot three does a day every day of the season, and we shoot three bucks a year, or two bucks a year. Excuse me, two bucks a year. A couple of years ago, we were able to take three bucks a year. So what that means is. And this is how it works down here. Our average deer in the state of Tennessee, if you look at the TWRA website, is anywhere from a year and a half to two and a half years old. That's the average buck harvested, right? So then you take that and you look at a deer that's five and a half to six and a half years old, seven and a half years old. They have been shot at at least once every year. Wow. By somebody. Our gun season's a month and a half. Jesus. Well, maybe two months, including muzzleloader. It's really about two months because yeah. it opens up the muzzleloader. Yeah. Um, Including muzzleloader is two months effort. long. Yeah. And once rifle and comes in, it doesn't go seat. out. Nope. <laughs> and so, like I said, all these bucks that are old, like the eight-pointer I shot in Montgomery County, they aged him at nine and a half years old. And so how many times has he been shot at? You know, how many times has he been hunted at? I know he's been shot at at least four times because the neighbor told me he shot at him four different times, four years in a row. (laughs) So I know, you know, uh, Dale Grandstaff, the head game warden of the state of Tennessee, he was hunting that deer. Oh, snap. Yeah, yeah. So when I shot him, you know, I caught him and said, hey, man, he was like, I'm I'm coming to score him. That was before I was a scorer. So (laughs) he was all all excited to come score that deer. Yeah, he's – Jeff, you're not going to find a nicer guy than Dale Grandstaff. Oh, dude. Nice dude. Nice Legit. dude. He is so I know I know a lot of people have bad taste in their mouth about game wardens and, and you know it is what it is. But when it comes to Dale Grandstaff and the state of Tennessee, especially for our area, Ben, Ben knows this because we're from the same county. Dale has devoted his life 
as a game warden to building the relationships that we've all been talking about between hunters and the game department. It is crazy the amount of people and the amount of respect. You know, as a game warden, he does his job, but he's fair. And the amount of respect he has built up in our community for himself is ridiculous, which is why he's in the position he is today. I mean, he's in a phenomenal position, and he's just – I'm telling you, if you ever come to Tennessee and come down here and hunt with us, I'll introduce you to Dale. He's a great guy. That'd be fantastic. I almost want to have him on the podcast to listen to his career and, and all the relationships he's built and places he's got to hunt and such to really provide uh, maybe some up-and-coming uh, agents to l- adapt his uh, strategy Yep. and, yep. and uh, approach in the public. Yep. So – but, uh, but guys, I think I'm fixing to have to get off here. Yeah, you got some. You gotta, you gotta be an adult here for 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 a few minutes. <laughs> What's that? So you have to be an adult for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. I got about ten minutes. I got to be an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, it's like is there anything? Because like sounds like you guys have a lot of, on your plate. Because now on my upcoming season here is that. We're gonna, I'm gonna be hitting a lot of archery events, so it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna feel amazing come this fall because I uh, work with HHA and. Uh, Chris Ham has got a whole bunch of new events coming out. Our first one's coming up on Mother's Day weekend, so that should be a fun shoot there. And then um, lots of fishing and hunting going on. So this next coming, this upcoming uh, fall, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely take things a little more. Cause like last year, I took things seriously, but I, I guess like I need to start actually flexing more time off, incorporating more time for drive, uh, and actually put in some. Uh, miles between everything, but it's like uh, last year I was still working with my hip. This year I feel much better, so I sh- I'm going to uh, take advantage of um, my flexible ability at work. So and the nice thing is I can I had the opportunity to work. I get to work from home, so so c- traveling someplace is not that far fetched because I just need a place where I can set up for work. So I, that's why I can save my PTO for the prime days and then work the rest of the days. You know. There you go. See, hey, speaking of work, see you, Hunter. Yeah. See you, buddy. Hey. See you, buddy. And if you guys, right, talk to you. if you guys are available next weekend, Lebanon, Tennessee, on Saturday, Whitetails Unlimited event. I'll be there scoring. A bunch of vendors there. Hold on, yards. You know, I'm sure you guys have seen the Whitetails Unlimited. Great dinner. Hold on, yards. Ben, I, you might be able to make it. Sunday, Fort Campbell, Big Buck, whatever online. They're having a big cookout as well. A bunch of deer there, a bunch of people there. Might be a good event for you to show up, maybe shake some hands. So That'd be awesome. I'll definitely shoot me in some information on those dates so this way I will put that in the show notes because this, this podcast will come out next Wednesday. Sweet. Yeah, I'll text them to you. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me on, and uh, I look forward to talking to you guys again. Yeah, talk to you soon, uh, Hunter. See you. See you, Hunter. There we go. Man, this has been so a fun. Tell, tell me about tell me about uh, what you're doing with HHA USA because I just talked to Chris today and I know he's got a lot going on with with that and their shoots and I know he part did he, did they just partner with uh, what organization did they just partner with I know it was one of the big ones um, oh shoot it was either the uh, Reinhardt the the R100 or um, you know, there's so many of these big shoots now. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, exactly. I know. Well, he just he just posted regarding the Beast Mode Archery Games, which are actually coming out to Pennsylvania pretty soon. Uh, shout out to Hunt Chef. Let's see here. Oh, White Tails Unlimited. Uh, let's see. Big thanks because it looks like they're going to be donating. I 
know, I know they I know they had a big part I know they had a big partnership just just come up and they're he's oh foundation it's the Kinetic Foundation no, that's not what I'm thinking of but I'll I'll find it but yeah we can edit this out <laughs> oh yeah there's also the R100 uh, kickoff or that that that's what that's what it was it was the R100. They they partnered with them in Homer, Georgia. That's where it was. Yeah, because it's like they're the uh, he's trying to do everything as, as much as possible. Well, he's got you know he's you know not a lot of people know about HHA USA and what they stand for, and you know um, you know there's a lot of stuff they're doing for veterans and you know suicide awareness and just trying to uh, make sure these veterans get some some outlets. You know, get some get some outlets of, you know, make, you know, make some networks, you know, doing some, some shoots and some, there's some really nice things they're doing with them. And yeah, that's, that's the big thing that uh, he's really pushing for with all of his groups. He wants to take this uh, nationally, but 501c3s are quite the uh, uh, paperwork intensive to go through all the process in all 50 states. So, cause he's, he's having people hitting them all over the country that want to do it there, but yeah. it's like, it's a slow growing thing. So it's like, he's really got the, the mid Wisconsin really nailed down and with his vast network of friends. It won't be hard to do it, but it's just past getting all that paperwork taken care of. Cause it's like, I wish that's like a, with his type of organization or his type of level of donations that it almost would be a beneficial that the IRS would have a tax code to allow him to expand to all 50 states, mm-hmm. you know, but I think it's because of all the different states, everything gets taxed differently or how everything gets implemented. So I think that's where he's been running into a, uh, an issue with that. Cause it's like, he's got an awesome group of friends. He's all about building spiderwebs and that's what, uh, I spent a lot of last year doing building, and I'm gonna do the exact same thing this year too yeah. as well. Because so I know I introduced you to my friend uh, Travis Ragstead because he came out with the Dangler case, and then I made made sure I introduced you and uh, and Chris, and then introduced Chris with uh, RPG out of Minneapolis. So it's like it's all about uh, I want to make I mean I want to make his uh, events as memorable as possible, and like his uh, his three day three day events are a lot of fun because uh, he's they're finishing up in Wapaka, I believe in uh, Labor Day weekend, right before the big season kicks off here in Wisconsin. And that's going to be a three-day event, and that's a beautiful course to shoot too as well. Yeah, and there's – and that's – you know, it's it's cool because, you know, you're able to uh, build a a cause around something everybody enjoys doing, you know, shooting pretty archery. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's super neat that what he's doing with that. But, uh, yeah, so you talk about a easy guy to work with. I don't know. I mean, it's it's crazy to think of uh, you know the the founder of a company that large uh, that's you know number one single pin site manufactured in the, in in the world and you know you just as down to earth as anybody I've ever met and it's cool. Uh, you know, he's you know he's he's sponsored the bow hunting league. You know, thank thank you for getting me hooked up with him and just you know just in general. I mean, just you know it's it's quality people. I, I, it's funny because as we get larger and, you know, I meet more people, you know, you think you'd have, uh, you know, yeah, you have more headaches, but the thing is like, it's, you meet more good people. You meet more people that want to grow just like, I mean, just like what you're doing. I mean, like you're getting to run it, you know, you're getting to run into all these quality people that have, you know, the, the right, vision and you know they 
there's a reason you stick with something just like, I mean, I've stuck with this. This is, you know, this is year seven for me, man. I mean, this is like, this has been a, a, you know, I look back on it. Like it's been a, I've, it's took a lot of time for me to get it to where it's, where it is. And now I have all these guys running with me. Um, it, it's truly incredible. Like I was talking to, um, one of my buddies that, um, that helps with the Instagram and he's helping a lot with our sponsors and making sure we do the right things for them and get them the correct amount of exposure. And, uh, you know, really, I mean, at one point in, in last year, I was, you know, doing 95% of the work. Now I've got, we're expanding out into, we're, we're building a YouTube series um, where, where members are going to contribute their own content. I mean, you name me one one avenue, one outlet that's that's opening up their entire YouTube platform and wanting to edit, get these member hunts into a platform of a weekly series. Nobody's doing it because it's no, be a crap load of work. <laughs> you know, yeah, and the right amount of technology yeah, you to have, pull, and, and there's a lot of hours behind the screen for doing even doing a podcast. Like ten minutes of editing for me is an hour long. Yeah, no doubt. Sixty minutes, no doubt. You know, you're having to monitor all these little peaks and valleys of the, uh, uh, you know, of of the, the content. I mean, just it's. I mean, just dubbing in your intros and cleaning stuff up. You know, getting rid of background noise. You know, some. You know, dog may be barking <laughs> later. You know, you have to clean it out. Yeah, you, I don't know if you heard them, but I had two dogs fighting back and forth. I, I heard. What was that a dog? Was that your dog? Oh, yeah, yeah they're that. chasing each other and stuff. And that, you know, yeah, and and that's and that's what. But what I'm getting at is you can't do anything, what you know, without a team. I mean, like, and now we've got a team. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We've got it. We got it to where we're at now, and we're about to uh, this summer. We're going to go out to um, Ohio. It actually, we uh, talked to some of my sponsors just today, and uh, we're going to go to go to the uh, big expo out there. You know, they have a deer and turkey expo out there every year. Large. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, event in Columbus. We're going to go out there. Yeah. And, you know, you're welcome. If you want to make the trip down, I'm going to get a big Airbnb. You can stay with us. And almost oh, definitely. I'll bring all my mics. I'll probably have to buy a fourth one just to do a podcast while you're there if you want and bring, bring everything bring everything i mean i'll have there's a bunch of bow hunting league guys already unspoken they don't even know about this thing and i guarantee we have a house full of people when we go to this thing i mean that's that's what i the the love that that i've received from these guys that are in this thing and some of these guys i think sometimes like it more than i do um they just i mean you know what i'm saying it's just um it's a really neat movement we got going on and uh um, like I said, it's it's fun, and you'll see. Just like I mean, just you know, these small, you know, our sponsors are small businesses. I mean, yeah, we've got some big sponsors like HHA and uh, Gander RV and Outdoors, and um, and our Setter Boots. I mean, we've got some large ones. You know, don't get me wrong, but most of our sponsors are small businesses, and you know, I'm I'm working directly with the the owners of these small businesses, and they have. The same, if not the exact set or, or more drive than I have. And what that does is, you know, you feed off these people's energy. You know, like if, if I talk to, a, you know, 
most of your reps, you know, for the like larger companies and stuff, they don't have the same energy as that small business owner. Cause that small business owner gets their next meal from <laughs> that company that they're running. And that kind of energy, I feed off that stuff, man. And I'm telling you right now that we've got some companies that are, that are sponsoring us right now that in five, 10 years, when they've got, you know, when they're, you know, when they've quit their 40 hour a week job and they're just doing that, they're, they're just running their small business. It's going to be awesome because they're still going to be with us. Um, they will be a huge part of, of our organization and we can look at each other and say, we made it together. And it, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a big loyalty guy. I mean, if somebody, you know what I'm saying? I know when they donate a product, you know, if they donate, you know, $200 in product, you know, that's $200 out of their pocket that they're giving us. And I, and I, I see that as a $200 donation in my opinion. And like, and we, we are, we're building these relationships that you cannot, you, you, you can't, you, you can't get them any other way by blood, sweat and tears. And that's what they're doing. And, and it's, and that's, that's, I love that energy that they bring. I mean, it helps drive me and they help grow us and we help grow them. And it's, it's truly remarkable what the, you know, this, you know, network we're building for small businesses. Uh, uh, Two other things we launched this year, we launched, uh, you know, every year, you know, we'll have a couple of states that, that have uh, taxidermy that are donated. You know, you've seen that, you know, like so-and-so, you know, Tyler Wells want to mount from uh, Tree Shaker Taxidermy. Uh, they're in Texas. I don't know them from Adam. I've never met those guys. But Justin Hankins, one of, one of our shooters every week, He's friends with them and said, hey, they'll donate a shoulder mount. That's fantastic. Well, they're continuing to support us. So what we're doing is we're building a – we've got a map that's got all – shows all the tax, all the states that we have sponsored taxidermy. Well, that taxidermist is exclusive for that state for as long as they want it. And obviously, as we grow, they're going to want to keep it because they're, we essentially build a directory of taxidermists. Same thing for pro shops. They donate a $100 gift card. Okay, still a hundred bucks. Don't get me wrong, but that thing runs for a full year. It's and they're exclusive for that state, so it's a directory. So what ha what happens is these small businesses that that sponsor with us now they have a pro shop or a taxidermist in each state that they can call to and say, hey, I may have a product that you may be able that your clients may like a way to diversify your income. And now they and they both and they all have that connection of the bow hunting league, and they know that they're all sacrificing stuff to be a part of what we're doing. And you know, you see what I'm saying? Like it creates like a, a unique, a very unique opportunity for small businesses to connect to each other. And what I love about it is, you know, we're in. You know, we've got these small businesses that are basically startups. I mean, they like I'm talking. They are right on the cusp i mean we you know less than less than twenty thousand followers on facebook a lot of them have a thousand nine hundred and i get to, and they've got fantastic products and what's cool is i know if they stick with us and they stick with what they're doing already 
they're going to be successful. And I, it's, it's really neat. And I don't have anything to do with these companies. I'm not paid by them. I'm not, uh, I don't have stock in them. <laughs> they, you know, they're not public or anything. I don't have a share, but I can see them growing and I can see them flourishing. And, you know, and I, I can see how we're able to be positive thing for them. And it's, it's re- really slick. Yeah. I um, uh, want to tell you, uh, I, I don't know if I think, I don't think I told you this, but a few months back, this was after one of the shoots that I was in, in Toma, uh, Toma, Wisconsin with, and I, I sat down with um, Tyson Trunkhill from uh, Sticks and Stones Archery there. And, and uh, yeah. well, one of the gentlemen, well, I posted the podcast there and I put the, the little description on there when I posted in, inside the group there. Somebody hit me up and asked, like, hey, I have two bows I want to donate. And so I put them two together and I'm not, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave the donator out of the loop, but he leave his name out of it, but he was willing to donate two bows. This is way that it, old, old ones they wasn't using to, to veterans. And then Tyson's yeah. also partnered up with um, HHA and a bunch of awesome, other awesome people. And it was just nice that as soon as I posted within a matter of hours, somebody is like, Hey, I got it. It's like, didn't want to say it wasn't quite sure if we want to sell them, but he gave them to somebody else. So they, they made it all work and help and some of that. And then um, early in fe- February, I had a buddy of mine out of, out of, uh, out of um, Alabama. His name is Zachary New, and he's, he was also part of the Bucks, the Bucks of America, the growth and such that, we, that we've had over the years. And he runs a Native Sense. It's a, a, a buckler, and he's really, really nailed this down. It's like he's had a really good year. I mean, every, from last year to this year, it's like, I swear, like a fifty percent increase for how many uh, uh, boxes get sent out for uh, deer piss and stuff like. But he hit me up and asked me, like, "Hey, I w- we want to do a, a charity event for for uh, called the uh, Ben Dunham Legacy Tournament, where they sponsor someone that's fighting cancer, and they wanted to find somebody that could donate a, a fi- ice fishing trip. And what more than it would be to to uh, Send somebody from the south that's never seen ice or fished in ice and send them up north. So I, I put them together with a friend of mine with um, Martin Enor from Enter the Iowa Doors there. And he managed to make it like put them two together. and It's all set. So now I just got to find the lucky winner for him. So that's that's it was just kind of just that camaraderie that we found that the, the generosity of hunters is just phenomenal. And outdoorsmen, I should say. Yeah, man. I mean, there. Yeah, it's I mean, there's a. Um if you think about it I and mean, it's a huge deal to us you know like yeah literally i i have since i started hunting i haven't had a day where i haven't thought about hunting you know it's a huge deal it's a huge deal to us but as far as like across the population of the united states it's not a big deal so like you had to think like you know if you're if you're wanting to make an impact in the hunting industry, a lot of what you're going to be doing is going to be donations. If it's your time, if it's, you know, if it's uh, maybe a platform you have, or just like what you're doing here, you know, Jeff, you're not making a lot of money on this stuff. If you're making anything, you know, like, no, but it's basically to pay for my hobbies, hunting and fishing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, but it's a, you know, but if you think about it, it, it's, very it's much less than minimum wage you could easily go get an extra job and you know what i'm saying but like the thing is you do this stuff because you love it you know and and just like being able to share the stories about your dad fishing i knew your dad was a big fisherman from the first time we talked and when you started talking about i knew 
I've never met your dad. I probably won't ever meet your dad, but like, it's just, it's these kind of relationships that you build over time. And, and it's, it's super neat because we're able to do this stuff together, even though meeting face to face may never happen, but it's, 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 it's super neat. And just like, you know, what we're doing with the, you know, the Turkey league and then the one shot, you know, I don't know if I didn't really talk about that much, but like, you know, we have a week. Yeah. We could talk about the one shot. Cause I mean, I see you guys doing it. Like the amount of people that set up their lives and stream and they're shooting, like it's a lot of people that participate yeah. and have a lot of fun doing a lot of shit talking. So, so when we, we launched it last year and it was, an, it was basically an idea, um, you know, just an idea we had, Hey, kind of fill the gaps, you know, cause you know after turkey season you know the we would like to just take a second to help you make the final decision on your new kydex holster we the people offers all american made holsters designed for everyday carry whether it's inside the waistband or outside these holsters are made with quality and don't break your bank like other high-end holster companies and plus they offer free shipping on all orders in the usa so go have a look and while you're at it check out what else they have to offer merch link in bio activity kind of drops off of me obviously people signing up for the whitetail league but, you know, everybody's shooting their bows. And I was like, you know, we can do a a one shot. You know, it's a it's a determined, it's a determined distance, it's a determined uh size dot each week. Okay. Rules are pretty simple, okay. But what I found, there's two things, there's two two demographics that I found have benefited the most from the one shot. Okay. I I, I participate obviously every week and all my buddies do but okay so first it's the guys that don't hunt big deer okay you're going to participate in the uh, whitetail league you know every year because they just love hunting but you know an upper end deer for them may be 120 inches and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that because i've got a pile of them in my basement right now <laughs> that are on the wall and i'm damn proud of them but the thing is they they're never gonna be up at the top okay because you're you know the and the, the guys that are up at the top aren't the top every year anyway but what i'm saying is they're never gonna be one of those guys okay but they can get in this one shot and we've got a package that was donated by gander rv and outdoors and then all of our sponsors for each week they have doubled their sponsorship so they have donated a product to the championship prize pile too so not only can you win a 50 to 150 dollar product each week by winning that said round if you win the championship you're going to win a a prize uh the same the same item from that spot from that sponsor of of each week and we have uh, i think it's like 16 weeks so in addition to the the Gander RV Outdoors package, which is a it's well over a thousand dollars and stuff. It's two cell wow. It's all kinds of stuff. Dude, it's crazy. I, and 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 it's it's we've got so much stuff going on all the time. It's I I, ha, I make a point to highlight each of our sponsors because and that's the thing with the each week you know, that sponsor gets highlighted for the whole week and all those comments get dropped in that one thread, you know, and, but so you have the guy, you know, just the, you know, which I consider myself an average Joe bow hunter. 
Like I'm not an upper end bow hunter by any means. Yeah. Matt is. Matt's an, Matt's a high end bow hunter, man. How was in a different bracket? <laughs> all right. And 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 that but what I'm saying is like you get, you know, then there's several there's several guys that just put down 160s, 170s every single year. And we've got them in here. But there's a lot of guys that they'll never have the opportunity. So they're able, able to compete in the one shot and you know, possibly win a lot of stuff. And all they do is they're shooting their bows. Well, so we got everybody shooting their bow year round, right? And when we started, we started one shot, we had like we averaged like 20, 30 competitors. Well, we got the idea, let's do a bracket at the end of the season. So we had a shooting, which we we had the top four go into the to the bracket, which this year it's the top ten in the standings. They're gonna get guaranteed slots in the bracket. 64, 64 man and woman bracket, okay. And you do each week, each round, you're then you're just head to head. So you, your score is against the whoever you're in the bracket with, and we get seating and all this. But so we went from 20, 30 guys each week when we started last year to we had a like 130 people shoot for the shooting to trying to get in and it was and our our price package was nice and obviously is Iversetter boots we had uh buck fever seed was one of one of the prizes but what was cool about it is that we you know we had such a big jump in that well now now this this um you know each week this year we're we're averaging 100 to 150 guys shooting each week so i don't know what our shooting is going to look like I have no idea. I've got some great help. I've delegated out. I've got some outstanding help. And um, um, one of them's one of the HHA USA guys. Um, Seth, do you know Seth? Uh, Baron- M- Bernowski? Baronowski? I don't think so. I don't think I'm prepared to be he's a, he's a Kentucky guy. I mean, I know HHA USA's got okay. a bunch of guys. Um, but um, he helps Chris Ham a bunch. And uh, But anyway... He's helping. Lyndon Miller's helping, um, but they're they're reviewing the videos, and we're only awarding points to the top ten each week, which is increasing the workload substantially. I mean, you could, could you imagine giving points to a hundred guys each week and having to keep track? Oh, it's be a mess. But the de- the the second demographic that I've seen pop up so much is the youth. We created a oh, youth awesome. division, and we've got we've got. 20 kids shooting that's amazing they're, they're over here hey dad what's our distance this week and that they're, they're having to get out there in the yard i mean some of them are shooting in like you know this february we started in february some of them are shooting in 15 degrees you know 10 mile an hour winds dad's out there you know they're all bundled up shooting but the kids are shooting and it's very important um you know it's it's cool because you know it's I'm all about getting kids outside and stuff, but it's super cool seeing kids trying to build up to something and trying to build up to that open class, to the, to the adult side of it. We even have uh, um, one young lady. um, She was doing so well in the youth division. I mean, she won like half of the first rounds. I mean, she's just crushing it. Guess what she's doing now? She's shooting as, as the adult, She's shooting in the adult female class. So she's, she's, I think she's 
13 or 14 and she's over here shooting uh, with the women with the adults and she's shooting against me because the thing is the open class we have traditional we have traditional uh women's compound and men's compound and she's shooting against me you know you think about it like she's over here winning everything she's about to come up here and crush me now uh, but but it's cool man i mean that's the, the one shot is super neat and you get to meet people that way. Cause they come on and they, they talk and you know, there's, you see the same faces each week. It's neat to see. And there's, we've got some characters in there, man. Like, I mean, some guys are there. I mean, most people are just ha- there to have a good time, but some, some, some guys have more, more of a good time than others. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, it's fun. And, uh, and like I said, it's just, Another angle for us to have a good time. I mean, it really is. Um, but you ought to get in there. You ought to be. You ought to be shooting each week with us. Um, uh, that I had to. Um, yeah, because my, my place I moved into now. Because I just recently moved to a, a much bigger place. But I don't. I, I had to. I don't think I can shoot out my backyard because I'm in a uh, development area yeah. here in town. So don't think I have that one. But I think I probably walk drive head over to my. Uh, local archery shop there and yeah. shoot over at lacrosse archery because those guys always taking care of me there yeah and what what and i'm glad you mentioned that so what you know we were talking and it's going to take you know everything takes a while to get going you know like mm-hmm. but i have this vision of you know we have a 20 yard round each week okay one inch dot 20 yard round there's several several guys that'll x several times but most of your pro shops have a 20 yard indoor range or they or they have you know they have something there and my vision is getting these guys back in these pro shops um you know one you know one night a month or one day a month and just um having having several shooters come in you know for that you know because they there's a prize there there's always like a decent prize and you don't have to you don't have to compete every week you know so you can compete a couple weeks and not compete and then if you get the opportunity to shoot again you can jump in but that prize is exclusive for that week and, uh, and what uh what days do you guys typically do your your shootout on you can shoot any day from monday to sunday oh okay i wasn't quite sure if you try to do everything as one as one big com- camaraderie group no, whenever whenever you're available you know because reason we keep it open for a week is so we're flexible for people's time schedules but also for the week because yeah because my week's been my i swear my weeks are always busy because I, I have a podcast mondays i have podcasts on wednesdays and thursdays then i have family life then i have bio life and then i got editing in between man it's like it gets it gets to be it gets to be very crucial of your time it's like i'm really busy but i love it yeah. it's, it's all by design so yeah otherwise idle hands on devil's playground you know yeah that's right and that and that's and that's what you know that's we're you know we're we're getting guys and you know the, the family you know we got families shooting together that is a beautiful thing when you get when you get the kids out there and and the, and, and your wife out there and you know everybody's shooting it's cool man and i and i get in they in their trash talking each other i mean we've got um the hepners all right so chad hepner um he goes by madman he was. He went to the showdown, and he's he is obsessed with hunting. All right, um, Chad's Chad's just a few years older than me. He's retired uh, Air Force, and 
his entire family's out there shooting. His wife's shooting. He's got um, two kids that shoot every week, and and uh, and they're active in everything. I mean, they're I mean, this these kids are volleyball and and, and soft and uh, gymnastics, all kinds of stuff. But anyway, they're out there shooting together each week. Well, the wife is out shooting, <laughs> out shooting Chad, which Chad won last week. He won the hundred dollar gift card to out on limb with Matt Garris. But anyway, he's already a customer, so that's cool. He already had an account. He just put a credit on there. Bam, done. But up until this week, his wife's been crushing him, and she talks so much trash to him, and just it's just constant. Just I mean, she'll I've seen her post stuff about him on you know and on just their part the personal facebooks and stuff it's hilarious but it's cool man because it's getting everybody to do what, what we love and you know you, you know even though you may not have any friends leave live close to you um um you know even though you know it's just it's cool because you're able to share it with everyone else so um but like I said, there's a, there's a lot going on, man. We've always got, and like, since I talked to you, man, there, I mean, we've got so many different layers going, so many different machines going. And, you know, like I said, I'd love to run with you on this and, you know, and then, and help you guys out and help you out. And, uh, you've been kind of with, with us from the beginning, you know, I think it'd be fun to uh, see if, uh, Chris Ham would be into something doing like this at each, archery event that he, that we have planned up for this coming year but i could t- i have uh know a couple of uh, local shop owners i think it'd be cool just to sit down like show tell them your vision and this way then they can be a part of it and then kind of kind of like you said bring that bring that money back into the uh pro shop and not have it being spent on amazon you know and that and you know the thing is because you're you know okay so let's say let's say you get a you know let's say you get a uh, um, uh, a site off Amazon, right? Or a rest, per se. Let's say, let's say you get a rest. Well, the the thing is, if you are, you know, if you're needing it tuned, you're going to be going back to that pro shop. So, how do how do we start there? You know, if you're shooting every week, you'll know if there's a problem with your bow first. You know, that's what a lot of what gets a lot of these guys. They won't start shooting until a week. Uh, I'm like in a week, but like a month before season. Like, oh my gosh, my bow's messed up, and you know, and needs to be tuned. Well, then they go when everybody else is going. Everybody and their their mama's going to the pro shop. You know, handing here tune my bow, fix my bow, put new string on, new peep, whatever. Well, if you're shooting all year, you know, you can figure out these problems if you need something different and, you know, you can get that done. And that's, that's what we're saying. Like it's, you know, everything builds upon each other and, uh, and, you know, that's, and it's, it's, it's neat working with these pro shops and stuff. And yeah, if you've got a, if you've got a pro shop in Wisconsin, you know, you know, we don't have anybody on Wisconsin yet. And like I said, it's a hundred dollar gift card um you're on the basically the directory for the league the entire year i mean i don't i mean there isn't many things that you can say here's a hundred dollars okay i got this spot for a year and then it's theirs until they want it until they don't want it you know it's exclusive so if you got any friends up there i'm you know another shameless little plug but i'm just i'm just 
I, I see it as an opportunity for these small business owners, you know, especially um, with the way the rate we're growing and the exposure they're able to get. And, you know, even like our taxidermist um, situations, you know, they donate a shoulder mill. Okay. They're out two, three hundred dollars in, in material, you know, and, and they donate their time. But the taxidermist that sponsored at the White League in Indiana this year, he, he launched this year. This was his first year as a taxidermist. He went through school, but I had him do a mount for me, and it's fantastic. And his business just blew up. And I'd say here the goal is like a year and a half, maybe two years. He's going to be doing it full time. Yeah. That's all he's going to be doing. I have a buddy of mine that I interviewed with on my podcast here a few weeks back, and he does um, – Texture part time, but he wants a way to get back into it full time, and so I think this. I think I'll, I'll need to reach out to him and let him know that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And just, have, just have him call me. You know, have him reach out to me. I'm happy to explain the program and just hey, this is what you're getting from us. Um, obviously no promises, but I know the taxidermists are getting are, are getting business off of it. You, there's no way you don't get business off of this. <laughs> You know, because what it is, our our group's set up with a ton of guys that travel. So, for instance, if, I, if I'm if i going to Oklahoma or Missouri or somewhere like that, and um, I can actually have a tentative plan, like, where am I going? All right, how close is this said taxidermist to where I'm going? That's great. Now, you see where I'm going. Like, so I can already make contact with them. And I can be messaging back and forth and I shoot buck I want to I want to mount or whatever. I can just say, hey, here I come, buddy. I'm two hours away from you, you know, because a lot of your states are set up that way, you know, like I mean, and that's and that's and we try to keep everything exclusive, you know. These taxidermists have that state for as long as they want. And uh and but anyway, but that's um that's that's the fun. That's part of the machines, man. We got these things going on and it's it's been I think it's been um, profitable for our sponsors and, and, and I, I want to, and I listen to them too, man. Like, I mean, if there's, you know, anything I can do, make adjustments, just like I listen to our members, we try to make these adjustments for them. And uh, it's fantastic. It's working out really well, Jeff. Yeah. I can hear that. I, it's, it's just moving really, really move smoothly. And it's like, yeah, every, everything's lying into place. And plus you have a team. So I almost need to, I need to, I need to find some guys to help me out with this workload. Cause I want to get into YouTube and I want to get uh, my website up and running. Cause I have a domain name. I am putting time into it. Paid for the, the, uh, S S SLLs, you know, that all the security stuff. I just haven't had time to, well, I don't say haven't had time, but you haven't found the focus to put into it. Fantastic. And that, and that you can find that help, you know, you can find guys like that. I'm not saying go on, you know, hop in there and say, Hey, I need help. But I mean, the bowling league is full of these kind of guys, you know, network out. So, but so, but I think, um, is there anything else? So we, we talked about the single shot. We talked about what's going on. We, we reached out for, or discussed what's coming up for this, uh, Turkey season. Anything else you want to hit? You know, um, I'd say just, uh, you know, check us out. You know, if if you if you are um, if you're a bow hunter, I've said this a bunch of times, but if you're a bow hunter uh, and you enjoy the camaraderie of bow hunting, or if you're interested in it, there's no reason not to get in the bow hunting league. 
It's free. We have drawings for prizes all the time. Um, you know, you have the opportunity there to network if you want to hunt in a different state or if, uh, if you just want to, you know, kind of bounce some ideas off some different guys, whatever. Just like what you're saying, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be altering some of your methods as far as like, hey, how do I get on, you know, I'm going to try to get on this different type of quality animal. That's where you get, and, and some of it, some of that, really, Jeff. Sometimes it's getting in a, getting in your car and driving to a different state and hunting with somebody. I mean, that's the that is you cannot kill a big deer if a big deer doesn't live there, you know. And 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 that's what I'm seeing with this group is you've got a bunch of legitimate people in there that you can trust. And it takes a long time to build trust. And but there are there are people in there looking for the similar things. And that's what I'm seeing. And you know, as we grow, you know, our quality has increased so much. And and that's what that's why we're running with what we're doing. And like I said, we're we're planning on being at the the big Ohio show. We're going to have, um, I'm having a cookout um, the Friday before turkey season opens in Tennessee, in Adams, Tennessee. Um, Hunter's going to be there scoring deer. Um, I'll announce it in the group. Um, anybody in the group's welcome to come and uh, just bring a bring a side or dessert. I'll be cooking the meat. And uh, that would be a great opportunity for you to come down and cook because I've seen kind of food you've been cooking. And yeah, I, I have a pretty. I'm pretty good behind the the grill there. Yeah, be a long be a long haul for you just to cook a a hamburger. But but what I'm saying is it's it, I mean it's just building that camaraderie and building that network. And you never know who you're going to run into that that has the same desires and drive as you. And you know, like I said, I feel like I'm always fighting that clock, man. Like I know, I know I've got a limited amount of seasons left in me, even if it's 20 of them, I've still got a limited amount. Of us. I want to get every freaking thing I can out of them and, 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 and live a full life, you know, and, and that's what we're doing. Exactly. The, the, to end on a, on a phenomenal quote that people hear is like from Randy Newberg and it's like, you'll, you'll run out of health before you run out of wealth. That's right. All right, Ben. Thank you for being on the podcast. Hunter was a blast. You guys are always fun to chit chat with. We are almost the two hour mark, but it's like this is a long. Yeah, let's shut her down. Yeah, it's like this is the longest <laughs> podcast I've had in a minute. So, uh, but thank you again. I mean, we're going to be promoting this podcast as much as possible. Hoping this will be the biggest download episode I've ever had. But then again, it's like everything has just been moving forward and I think my ratings have been going up. My downloads have been going up. It's just been a fantastic, fantastic 2020 was a really big year. 2021 has even been bigger. So, uh, but thank you everybody for tuning into the podcast. Ben, thank you for all your, the things you do, the organization that you put into developing the, the bull hunting league. I mean, just bravo hats off. Thanks Jeff. Enjoyed it, bud. You're very welcome. Thank you.